You've played the missions. But do you really know the lore? We're here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 177, recorded September 20th, 2023. The topic for this episode is The Purpose Lore Book, Part 2. In case you can tell already, I'm your host, and I am Elemist. Hi, I'm Orchid. Hey, Orchid. So, we got some podcast info here. We encourage feedback. That can be sent to us on Twitter at Guardians underscore lore, at Hey It's Orchid, or at I underscore am underscore Elemist. I don't know for how much longer, just just to clarify that. I don't know, because Twitter's like, I'm going to make you pay for it for like everything. And I'm like, no, you're not. We have Blue Sky now at Guardians of Lore.bsky.social. So if you're on Blue Sky, like we're there too. Yep. It's Guardians of Lore, also, all one word. All three of us also have Blue Sky. I'm at Hey, It's Orkin. I think you're just at Elemist. I don't know. Yeah, it wouldn't let me do I am Elemist. So it just, I just did Elemist. Okay. And Brindle's at, I think Brindle's Evis. So I think all of us are on Blue Sky. Bees is also on Blue Sky. So you can find all of us there. Yep. Uh, and if you didn't want to do social media, you could email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com you can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast you can also jump into our discord the invite is in the episode description but if you want to type it out it's discord.gg slash lorehub we're also on instagram and threads at guardians of lore all one word if i remember to post something and if you'd like to support the podcast you can visit ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore every little bit helps and we greatly appreciate it Thank you so much. Uh, finger guns. Pew pew. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, finger guns. Pew pew. Uh, and also, thanks again to our subscribers, Valragna, Linkman22, Doom, Firebired, and Unnamed Guardian Less Than Three. Thank you so much. We know who you are. Yes, we do. Because we have the list. <laughs> and we've also got a new subscriber. So, yay. Thank you. Um, Thank you, new subscriber. You can also find our info on thelorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. We're still there. Don't know for how much longer. And like, I keep saying that, but like, yeah. Until I delete it because I'm the only one that changes it. So. Oh, we'll be there forever then. Okay. I have ultimate control and I have lost the password. <laughs> so. <sighs> anyway, this week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle. Oh, yeah, so guns were broken. How was that for you? <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> so much fun. I didn't craft any of them, but I had. What? Lots. Well, like, I, I don't play often enough. Oh, my God, Elemist. And I knew that, like, I would 
spend all that time to actually get a gun that had the perks that were broken, I would use it for maybe two hours and then it would end up getting patched because I wouldn't be able to log on for another like three or four days. Okay. So I made many guns. So many. <laughs> I made a super broken Amit. All of these had um, the aggressive um the aggressive frame from shotguns uh, which made every single gun hit like a truck or a train um broken by the way like i could one tap with an ostringer from like 50 meters and it was stupid it was amazing crucible was dumb last weekend Holy shit. I was at my parents. I was in San Francisco visiting my parents. So I'm on my like shitty laptop, like trying <laughs> to get this to work. It was a miracle that this worked. But um, so a friend of mine in Australia and I like tried to make all of these guns. So we ended up with a sweet sorrow that had serif rounds with um, eager edge. <laughs> and uh incandescent uh that's an arc gun by the way but it still had incandescent <laughs> which was wild uh so it still made you catch on fire <laughs> but it was arc so question mark so you're jolted and on fire yes actually <laughs> um Fuck. and had a taipan that had the aggressive frame but it also had um it had Zen moment and uh, target lock. And that was broken. And yeah, so that was really good. Jeez. Uh, definitely make that. And then an Ostringer that had one, two punch and uh, <laughs> dynamic sway, I think. Um, that was broken. That was so broken, but the aggressive frame Ostringer was probably the best one. My Amit was also really good that I made because Amit's already broken, but like Amit was double broken when you did this and like everyone had an Amit and was running around like you had ultimate power and can pretty much make anything and everyone makes a fucking Amit. Like what is wrong with us? <laughs> like as a community, we're like Amit is the first thing we're going to do. <laughs> like, uh at least some people made like you could make like double eager edge swords again and then just like yeet yourself yeah. across the map. And that was so good. Like there are so many people made so many videos. So much fun. Like the whole weekend was wild. I loved it. Even though I didn't craft any of those weapons, I had a clanmate who did and we ran GMs. It, yeah. 2K was just taking care of all the champions. Oh, my God. Champions were being like one shot completely. Uh, Bungie tried to fix it and they're like, oh, yeah, we're totally fixing it. It's going to be fine. They put a patch out. It didn't fix shit. <laughs> like, people were still able to. They couldn't make new guns, but they could reforge them into more broken guns. So people were still running around with broken shit after that. Uh, so it was just still really bad. And yeah, so it was glorious. It, it, it just was it, great. It proves that destiny is just spaghetti code. It's like, no, it proves that it's lasagna code. And hear me out. This is why. So you could put 
any perk on any gun and it works and it didn't break the game. It proves that the game is that modular. They have built the guns to be that modular. That's fair. Literally any perk works on any gun. Now, like, How cool is that? Now, like the specific conditions for the each perk might not meet, but like. But they are that modular. They could yeah. pick and choose which ones to put on what guns and then be like, oh, well, that's fucking broken. We can't do that. And, and like seeing the way we did this in like Mercules, uh, friend of the podcast, Mercules um, said on Twitter, he works at Bungie now, but um, he used to have a podcast of his own, said that now everyone's starting to understand being a weapons designer is like. So it sounds like that's kind of what they do. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly it. Like, how many times have we gotten like Astral Horizon? You know, it, it, it was released three different times, four different times. Yeah. And each variation had different perks. Yeah. So like it, that's that's it makes sense. I have two different versions of it. Yeah. So like it, it makes sense that that is the case. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say spaghetti code anymore. I would say lasagna code because it's, I think, more put together than we think it is. Because it's just layers upon layers. That's all. It's it's layers. It's like an onion, Shrek. It's like an onion. <laughs> um, Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. We both have layers. <laughs> Could you not be yourself? For five minutes! Anyway, um... God damn it. <laughs> so, the servers have been kind of iffy lately. If by iffy, you mean real bad? Yeah. Like, they, they've been bad for the last couple years, but, like, especially the last... Well, since Friday or so? Um, I was gonna blame the gun thing on the servers, but... That wasn't it, because to get the gun thing to work, you had to like, this is how I got it to work. I had to tank my frames down to like 30 or 20. And then I had to pull up all of my VRAM like as high as it would go. And then I had to turn my VPN on to like Australia. And then I had to like make my computer like see a bunch of stuff on YouTube. And then I had to stream on Discord and I had to do all this shit in the background to like make my computer crawl because I have a really good graphics card and it's like too good to do it. So, yeah, it's like, no, I'm still too fast. But <laughs> I'm like, why? Essentially, you were making your room like 30 degrees hotter because you're trying to push your PC. Yeah. So instead, I just put it on my bed until it got really hot. <laughs> Such a bad idea. I was playing with fire literally and figuratively and, to get it to work. And I mean, the, the DDoS attacks that happened, um, that's that's what was causing the server issues. Yeah, it wasn't the gun thing. So we thought all of their server fixes were what made it worse and unstable. And Bungie actually owned up to it. They're like, oh, yeah, we're getting DDoS. <laughs> Sorry, this isn't actually our fault. 
Because people were dumpstering them. They're like, oh, your fixes are shit. I'm not convinced that it's not because of the weapons and and not because of a technical standpoint, but because of a personal standpoint. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure people were mad that, you know, their Igneous Hammer weekend got ruined because people right. are getting one shot with Ostringer from, you know, 100 meters away. Right. Exactly. That's 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 exactly it. But the integrity of my game, like, shut the fuck up. It's a video game like child. Just just take it in stride. You'll get Igneous Hammer in a couple weeks. Whatever. It boils down to the fact that people take things way too seriously. It's you know what? Like people like that maybe weren't around during the revelry. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) This felt like the revelry weekend. Because everything was super broken. Or laser tag weekend. Laser tag weekend. Uh, what I like to call wolf mania, but Lord of Wolves weekend. Which I never want to do ever again. <sighs> but I mean, like, revelry was, which people don't really talk about because a lot of people didn't participate. But that was just like skip grenades everywhere. Oh, yeah. It was skip grenades everywhere. I actually like started using my hunter during that because skip grenades were like the only thing you could use. I I personally refused. And whenever I killed a hunter that was just spamming skip grenades, I would teabag them. Oh, yeah, you have to like I just joined them because I'm a dick, but <laughs> I'm super toxic when I play Crucible. So, you know. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, uh, the servers were being DDoSed. I think they're still being DDoSed. People are still having problems getting online. Probably. And this is Wednesday night at this point. And the the attacks started almost 24 hours ago, a little over 24 hours ago. Yeah. So uh, so the, the reason we didn't have an episode last week was because Orchid was on vacation. And I was gone. And it didn't feel right to have an episode without them. Oh, thank you. And and there was the fact that Rindle couldn't record. So, like, I, I wasn't going to log on Rindle. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> Jesus, give me a fucking break. Down, baby. But you didn't want to monologue an entire episode by yourself for an hour and a half? God, no. Wild. Imagine. I would get myself so sidetracked that I I wouldn't keep on track or it would be so kept on track that like it would be 40 minutes, period. What could you talk about for an hour and a half without stopping besides Pokemon? Digimon. Oh, my God. That's like (laughs) that's sexy Pokemon. Um, Digimon is horny Pokemon. Come on. That or Dungeons and Dragons. Which is just okay. a horny game. Oh my god. Well, if you're playing Bard. <sighs> Bard's just like to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Orchid, how was your vacation? Uh I drove a lot. Like you don't you don't have to go into detail or anything, but just Oh good. Uh my parents are moving, so I helped them move. My two brothers were uh, visiting so it was good to see them because I haven't seen them in years um they both have longer hair than I do 
which is wild. <laughs> Wait, so your vacation was helping your parents move. That doesn't yeah. sound like a vacation. <laughs> yeah, so I came home. My little brother has COVID. Uh, oh, jeez. Didn't know that when I got there. And I was pretty just like not feeling well the entire time I was at home. And my older brother had his uh, wife and two children with him. Um, they are looking at a uh, house and stuff in the area. Okay. And uh, my parents are moving. So I cleaned out my bedroom at home and stole paintings from my parents that I wanted to keep. And... Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? That's pretty much what I did. That's what I did. I mean, the, I had this really okay. So I had this painting called Dolphin Rides that was by this painter called, do you know Wyland? The guy who does, if you live on the West Coast, there are all these like really big murals by Wyland and he does like, they're like dolphins or whales or stuff. Like, I don't know if you would know him. Like, I know him because I live in San Francisco um and santa cruz robert wyland maybe but he does these really big murals like on walls that's usually where murals exist <laughs> but they're like they're usually just like sea creatures he also does paintings and stuff but um i have this painting called dolphin rides and he did it with this other painter and I've had it since I was a little kid and it has this little dolphin that he painted on the bottom of it. It's an artist print. Yeah, that's him. Okay. And um, so I got this painting when I was young and I've had it like next to my piano at home. And I've always wanted to bring it up here to my own house, but my parents were like, well, you can't have it until we move. And they just like never moved. <laughs> so I finally got it. I mean, you kept them to their word. I did. I hate to say that, like, I went home, like, just to take my painting. But I went home just to take my painting. <laughs> <laughs> and and other things, but. Yeah, I mean, I went home to help them, like, put stuff in boxes and stuff. But so, yeah, I just like I packed a lot. <laughs> Then I drove the 12 hours or 13 hours it is for me to drive from here down there and back. Jeez. Yeah, it's a long trip. I mean, I stopped. I like looked at Mount Shasta. I looked for rattlesnakes. I saw a woodpecker for the first time. I've heard them all the time, but I've never actually seen one before. And he's just like whacking his face against the tree. I'm like, that doesn't look very comfortable, sir. And, um, I saw a bunch of dead trees from wildfires because we had a really bad one around Mount Shasta and like Trinity and stuff in like 2020. I think it was about the same time that the yeah. fire was trying to burn my house down. Yeah. And um, I also tried to make another lizard friend. I didn't name him, though. And then I looked for more <laughs> rattlesnakes and I got snacks I bought a big bag of Baby Bell cheese and I ate all of them. But unlike bees, I know you're supposed to take the wax off the cheese. 
And that was about it. Yeah, hear that, bees? Wax off. <laughs> that would say true. Not wax on. Yeah. Lots of caffeine to stay awake. Oh, I was listening to Thrawn the entire time. The Star Wars book? So good. Best voice acting probably I've ever heard. And that is high praise because I listen to a lot of voice acting. <laughs> this guy is so freaking talented. If you like Star Wars and you're like watching Ahsoka or you're like into like the newer Star Wars and you haven't read Thrawn before and you have like an Audible. If you got a credit on Audible. Yeah. Download Thrawn. Holy shit. It is so good. Like, don't buy the book. Like, get the audiobook because one guy does all the voices and it has like very high production value. So good. So good. The book is very long. And that would be Star Wars Thrawn by Timothy Zahn. Yeah, that would be it. He's considered like one of the best Star Wars like authors, I guess. You'd have to ask Doom like he and I were talking about it the other night. He knows a lot about Star Wars books. He's definitely got a, a collection behind his name. Yeah. So. But I guess that's the first of like three Thrawn books. But yeah. according to a bunch of people, that's like the best one is the first one. It only goes downhill from there. So if you're going to listen to any of them, listen to the first one. No, I, I see like five different Thrawn books. Oh, my God. There's more. Holy shit. Starts with anyway, Star Wars you're... Thrawn, then goes Thrawn Alliances, Thrawn Treason. Those are the only three of like the Thrawn trilogy. Thrawn Trendance or As Ascendancy. Uh, and then Thrawn. Wait, that's that's Ascendancy as well. Oh, Thrawn Ascendancy, Lesser Evil. I think the Ascendancy and the other one are separate. Yeah, it, it looks it. But yeah, it's so good. Thrawn is, I hate him, but I really like him. And I hate that I like him because he's like so cool, but he sucks. Like he's so evil, but he's so cool. And I hate that. So he's a good villain. He is so good. He is like the best villain ever. The best villain ever. The guy who is like, I'm like, I don't want to talk about Ahsoka because it's like fucking scabbing because it's on right now. But the guy who's playing him in the show is the one who does his voice in Rebels. Mm. And so he like is him. And it's just so good. Like it is him. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, you're going on vacation. Yeah. Uh, we're... We're going to make sure that we still have an episode for you guys, um, but I'm going to be taking a good like three or four days off from from work. And then I'm, I'm just I'm going to a convention, so I'm excited about it. What convention are you going to? Uh, it's a supernatural convention <laughs> in northern Virginia. You love supernatural. The girlfriend and I have been rewatching the entire series in preparation for this. So, like, I, I, I'm super jazzed. Um, 
her birthday is in a couple days from recording. Um, so like I got all the tickets and everything as a birthday present for her. But it's as much a present for myself as it is for her. Um, That sounds like so much fun. So, like, we're going to get pictures of us with the brothers and baby. Oh, my gosh. Um, For anybody who hasn't seen the show, the car that they drive is lovingly called Baby by one of the characters. So, like... It's 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 gonna be fun. Like I'm I'm so looking forward to it. She's been looking forward to it for the last like three months. Um because that's when we first heard about it. And it's 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 gonna be a blast. That sounds really fun. I'm I'm gonna be cosplaying. As the uh, the surrogate father to the boys. That's I love it. I love it. That sounds great. We'll have to take pictures. I mean, you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I expect a full report when you get back. Oh, absolutely. Yay. Absolutely. Like it's. Are you going to dress up? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to cosplay. Yeah, but I need to, like, see the outfit before you go. Okay. Yay. I I have a few different outfits, but, like, they're all in that specific style. I didn't mimic anything that he had in in the show. I just took his style and made it or made something to match it. But, yeah, like, I'm it's going to be fun. Uh, this is the second convention that I've been to. The first one being like a gaming convention back in like high school uh, for like board games and card games. I'm excited. That sounds fun. Oh, yeah. Well, shall we go to a lore network ad? Absolutely. Cool beans. The lore network. Even in the darkest of places, the light will always find a way through. If you're like me, then perhaps you're looking for a more in-depth conversation about Destiny lore. Welcome back, Guardians. My name is Samlab, and I craft bite-sized cinematic lore videos. So join me each week as I journey through some of Destiny's greatest mysteries. You can find me on youtube.com forward slash Psalm Lab. Stay safe and Godspeed. Anywho, uh-huh. brief okay. intro to the topic. This is the seasonal lore book for Season of the Deep. You can acquire each entry by playing the seasonal story quest every week. Or, you know, binge it all at the end. We're not your parents. Do whatever you want. For the first half of the lore book, Go back and listen to episode 176. Nice. Flawless. You got there in the end. First time. (laughs) Nailed it first time. So, Orchid, you uh, want to start us off? I would love to. 
This is Tether. Eris let her eyes wander over the interior of the derelict, wondering if Drifter had hastily tidied it before her arrival. Unprecedented, but he could still surprise her. They sat together as they always did when she came to speak to him face to face. Drifter sighed and shook his head, flicking his coin absently between his fingers. Sloan's in a bad way, he said. Eris nodded. And you believe my speaking to her will be beneficial, she replied. Drifter shrugged. Helped a few people already, didn't it? Eris considered this. It should be you, she finally answered. Drifter laughed at this, but fell silent when her expression remained unchanged. Me? His confusion was genuine. Why would she trust me? Trust is built, Drifter, Eris said, and you have taken the first step. He was pensive. The movement of the coin over his knuckles stopped. She continued. I have found, she said, her words measured, that one is grounded by honesty, not only in oneself, but with those around you. He heaved a slow, hard breath. I don't know if I can, he said, his voice small. Yes, honesty is a supplication, Eris said. We ask to be seen. We are made vulnerable, but it is necessary to be treated with care. Her explanation was met with one of his rasping chuckles. Drifter leaned back in his seat, arms crossed. He held his coin tightly between a thumb and forefinger. You always make something so easy sound so freaky, Moondust, he said. Eris ignored this. Tell her what you told me, she said more simply. The deputy commander's trust will not come without reciprocity. Drifter felt quiet, looking down. She could hear his breath and see the strained shiver of his fingers where he clutched the coin. Eris reached out and placed a hand on his arm. He was tense to trembling, but her touch was light, quiet, comforting. He placed his hand over her own. You know, some days I still wake up scared, Drifter said softly, even when I can't remember my dreams. That is what it is to survive. There was a gentleness to Eris's voice. He nodded, then looked up and met her gaze. Hey, Drifter said, you find that joy yet? Soon, Eris answered. Joy is built, but I have taken the first step. Drifter withdrew his hand. After a moment, she did too. Eris stood, and Drifter's eyes followed her. Consider my counsel, Germaine. She knew he would. Drifter let the silence linger. That's not my name, he said at last. That is what you let them call you. It was a small link to his past, a link to a life he had picked for himself. 
He nodded slowly, holding her gaze. He would let her call him that, too. I like them together. They're so cute, right? Like, even not, like, in just a romantic sense, but, like, just their interactions. It, it Like, it, they're almost, like, not romantic, but they are, but they're, like, not more of the fact that they're both just genuine with each other. They're authentic. Exactly. Like they're like being their authentic selves and not putting up like he's not having to be like the drifter with her. Right. He gets to be Germain with her. Right. And that's rare, I think, for him. It is. And <laughs> He's probably one of the few people that Eris actually like lowers her guard with. Yeah. The few others being, you know, the Guardian, us, and Ikora. And even then, like, I, I don't really think with Ikora too much. I want to say with I yeah, I think isn't she Ikora's like best friend? And they were roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. Something to that effect. However that is. I mean, I thought Ikora's best friend was Cade, but I mean, he's like, he's dead. And actually, so. I, th I think there was a line in Shadowkeep. One of the ex one of the expansions that like Ikora called us her best friend. Oh, I want to be her best friend. She's cool. So like, I, I, I have no clue. She has a small circle of friends at this point. Maybe she's just like I was when I was young and I called everybody my best friend because then it made them feel special. I'm like, no, definitely you're my best friend and you're my best <laughs> friend. Everybody's my best friend. How many best friends do you have? 15. All of them. All of them are my best friend. <laughs> I've learned from that mistake because they all talked to each other. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you can't have everybody be your best friend. I'm like, why not? Why not? Each of you knows a different secret. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you must put them all together to find the map to the treasure. <laughs> what? <laughs> that went a lot better than I thought it would. Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> But no, like I, I enjoyed this interaction. I love this went with the week where they spoke to each other, um, like back at her weird hidey hole by her advent calendar. I think didn't this go with this was week four. This was this was season of the deep. Oh, this was season of the deep. Damn it. This was season of the deep. Oh, holy shit. Okay. So this season, we have them like being cute together at her advent calendar. And then we had this in Season of the Deep. Yep. So this came before. I'm getting fed here with their like interactions. <laughs> Man. Right. Like getting it's fed. Their interactions are, are very well done. Like we need to remember that we were fed in the prophecy dungeon, too. Right. With their interactions. Right. And then they deleted all of that. And I'm like, how could you? How could you fucking delete that? Cowards. Yeah. 
Ugh, so good. All those interactions were so good. Like that, so good. That dungeon when it first came out was so amazing. And, oh my god, and, it was so amazing. And then they had to delete it all. I can't believe it. Yeah. Like, how could you? How could you? But anyway, um, this is good. I thought for a second that this went with this season because right because week four they actually had week four of this season is the two of them being super lovey dovey <laughs> together, and this totally goes with that. Considering <laughs> so, this is entry four, so like it would have happened week four. Yep, that totally goes together. Like, well, that's not it, but it totally goes with it no that that makes sense but uh but no it, th- this was last season not this season man it could have fooled me we just got more of it you know <laughs> man like i said i'm being fed here cheese girl dinner anyway should i continue on I, yeah please do but i love this so much god it's a good entry because like it, it doesn't add anything story-wise but it adds so much character-wise oh okay i have to say that none of these are going to add anything story-wise like literally none of them like i feel like the seasonal ones never add anything story-wise that we don't already know they only add like color and flavor it's like eating shitty ramen like that you bought at the store (laughs) Not like making yourself or that you bought it like a nice ramen place. It's like adding that little like packet of like freeze dried bullshit. Like that's what the seasonal storybook is. <laughs> it's like that's fair. Your freeze dried fish cake and your like freeze dried whatever like season packet. Like that's what this is. It's like it adds to it. It adds the flavor. But it's not the meal. But there's no sustenance. No, you'll die. Like, you can't live off of the flavor. It's just all MSG and fish cake. You got to have something else. You got to add chicken and whatever. That's a deep dives or chicken, I guess. I don't know. Don't quote that. I have no idea. Bef- it ran away from me. I'm hungry, okay? Before we dive even further into what I, I assume is a bad analogy, uh, I'm it's just going to continue terrible on. terrible analogy. I'm just going to continue on. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to mute myself. Bye. <laughs> uh, so this is entry five. Expectation. I don't know what I expected. Zavala sets down a data pad on his desk, watching Ikora pace back and forth across his office. I don't know, he sighs. Maybe we should have. Ikora stops pacing. She turns to look at Zavala with an accusatory stare. Every single enemy we've fought was brought here by the Traveler, Zavala says, slouching back into his chair. The Hive the fallen, the worst of the cabal. His attention drifts down to the data pad. Sloane's report on the origins of the witness. What's one more group of people chasing it? This isn't the traveler's fault, Ikora says, doubling back on Savala's desk. 
You read the same report I did. We are at war with an entire civilization condensed into a, a single individual. Multitudes of resentment and hatred crushed into a singularity. Resentment toward the Traveler, Zavala grumbles. I'm not saying the Traveler is at fault. I'm saying it's a harbinger of ill omen. Everywhere it's gone, nothing but death has followed. Does it realize that? Does it care? Ikora approaches Zavala's desk. Does it matter? She challenges him. It is obviously outgunned and running. For all the Traveler's strength, the witness is the greater power. It never came to us to uplift us. It came to us for help. Zavala is silent. He looks up from the data pad to Ikora, then sighs and slowly rises from his seat. Ikora follows him with her eyes, watching him move to the window where he would gaze out at the Traveler in the past. Now a fleet of allied vessels struggle to fill that void. Were they really that unified? Zavala asks, looking at Ikora's faint reflection. Who? The Witness's people. Zavala stares past Ikora's reflection to the city. Were they truly of one mind, united in a desire to become this thing? Or were they forced? compelled into action by the guidance of a few. She can feel the doubt in his words, not in his wonderings about the witness's origins, but in the vanguard, in what he sees as a parallel. Ikora steps to Zavala's side, briefly touching his elbow. We'd never become that, she says softly. Not in all of Elsie's journeys through time, not in any hypothetical future, we stand together because, because we believe what we're doing is right. Zavala interjects, looking Ikora in the eye. She sighs, turning to face the window. Her shoulders sag, and she is lost in the details of the cityscape. I don't know what I expected either, Zavala says. But you're right. It wasn't this. Okay. So I maybe we are kind of getting fed with story a little bit. This... I rescind what I was saying. <laughs> this was also the week that we actually got the cutscene about the origins of the witness. Okay. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Okay, tell me, tell me, I don't remember everything about the cutscene and like what happened with that, with this all involved. Did you, could you lead me through that a little bit? So essentially the cutscene shows that the Traveler happened upon the civilization. Um, it uplifted them, gave them the light, but they lacked purpose. So they started creating their own purpose. 
they tapped into the darkness, unified their entire species into a single entity, um, which became the witness. And they started chasing the traveler and, and started killing all the civilizations that it tried uplifting. Oh, the super metal cutscene. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. The brutalistic one where they just made a meat puppet of people. Right. Okay. With like hundreds of people just lying on the ground dead. Yeah. All their entire people. And they made like the triangle of people on the ground. And they're like, this seems like a good idea. We're going to do this. Yep. We're going to make cloud brains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That scene. How? loud would that be having your entire like all of your everybody in like one brain that assumes that they all have some kind of sense of self in that entity that's true they probably don't it's probably like the borg that that's pretty much what i was thinking the borg or like the geth in mass effect Probably more like the Geth because the Geth were a mobile platform and there was like a bunch of Geth in one mobile platform. So it'd be like 2000 Geth on a single platform. It wasn't like one Geth per platform. It was always like 2000 Geth per platform. Because the Geth were like the individual programs and not the individual robots. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that would. Yeah. I think the the big takeaway from this entry is that up until here, Zavala had been questioning the traveler mm-hmm. and like whether they everything they were doing was right or what, because the traveler gifted the light to the the hive. Um, it left humanity like it's it's in orbit above earth not you know closer to it anymore and even before that like he was questioning things like doubting things this is him full on like out loud saying that he doesn't think the traveler's actually good you know he specifically called it a harbinger of ill omen everywhere it's gone nothing but death has followed does it realize that does it care? I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not. But I also kind of have to put that on them for treating it like a god. I do agree with that. Like, it always reminds me of Harry Potter. Like, this specific kind of thing is like, always, like, don't trust anything where you can't see where it keeps its brain. <laughs> Like, you don't know where the Traveler keeps its brain, so don't fucking trust it. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I've always been a a person of Traveler's fucking evil. Like, I don't think the Traveler is, like, evil at this point. I think it's ambivalent. Yeah. Traveler's like, well, mm." It, it, traveler just needs bodies the traveler doesn't care where it gets them from it doesn't necessarily care no about anything it just it cares about itself yeah it doesn't give a shit 
I honestly think the witness cares more than the traveler. Yeah. Because the witness has like a clear direction in mind. And it's like, no, it should be this way. This way is the way that is the most logical and um, probably would work out for the most people. And I know like you might not see it that way, but I do. And we've thought about this for a long time. And that's kind of the consensus of us. And Mm -hmm. sorry if you don't feel that way, but we do. And yeah. Like, I, I can't really disagree with that. I'm having a real hard time disagreeing with that right now. Looks like th- there's no way we can. Because, like, the, the traveler, it only cares about itself. The traveler just brings pain. It uplifts these these civilizations. And then usually it's it's running because, you know, it uplifted something and they decided to attack. A lot of that was because of witness, but like the witness is trying to give purpose to the universe like that. That's. Oh, no. Huh? What if the witness realizes it's the like the enemy of the universe? So like that's the purpose that it's trying to instill in the universe itself. That it needs to fight the traveler because the traveler is the enemy. Well, no, like it's it's twofold. Okay. The witness is creating its own army to fight the traveler, and that's giving his army purpose. But he's also looking at the rest of the universe that sides with the traveler, and by becoming the the big bad evil guy you know, the BBEG, it's giving the rest of the universe purpose because they have to create the the champions to defeat the witness. Uh, I mean... <laughs> because the witness's whole vision of, like, the final shape was just creating purpose like it didn't matter what the purpose was and or like we don't specifically know the the details but like it just it wanted to create purpose because life didn't have purpose right so what if the witness is trying to create that on a grander scale by creating their own army you know, he's actually giving his army or their army purpose and then everyone else, it, it's either, you know, you create your, your ultimate champion to take down my champions or you don't belong in the universe. So we're just going to take you out anyway. I kind of see it. And like, I kind of see and it. Like this might be me just reaching but i mean all the best like spin foil theories are reaching so i think you're there with the best of them 
And I mean, in the last like season, season and a half, like right, some of them got proven right. So you I know mean, what? This is a great time to have Spitfoil because in what two seasons we're gonna know anyway. So <laughs> might as well guess now. Right. Exactly. In like less than than nine months, I think it's like eight months at this point now. We're gonna get the actual answers, so like, might as well. We're gonna have the answer in four months. Is it really that short? Yeah, February. It's like what February five months sixth. February end of February, like twenty eighth, five months. Yeah, February 27th. Holy crap. Yeah. It's coming. Like, I I did not realize it was that short. Yeah. We're here. We're here, baby. We've made it. Yeah. We survived 10 years. 10 years of destiny. God. We made it. Uh, I do. I do want to point something out. Okay that they did talk about Elsie's dark future and i've noticed in this season um they talked about it last season in this entry Mm -hmm. and this season they've talked about it multiple times in game um during our weekly story they've talked about the dark future especially because of eris becoming like like hive mommy yeah they've talked about the dark future and they've been like doubling down on the dark future because Eris has been like they're like oh no Eris like has been out it's not really she's been craving powers because she's like been she's become a hive and like oh she could she could stick that way it's like when your mom tells you like don't make a face like that your face is gonna fucking stick that way right dumb kind she's like she's towing that line of like becoming hive and yeah everyone's worried because they they've Mm -hmm. gotten the warnings from elsie that like oh this is how you know eris became worse than savathun but eris wasn't hive in the dark future she was just she craved power she wasn't hive did we even actually see eris or was in the dark future we just knew she was like she had power i don't think she was hive well because like i i i'm trying to remember if she actually did appear i i'd have to go back and read the dark future i like we should revisit it at some point just because they've been talking about it so much but like i honestly think it's kind of like a right a, a big smoke screen and she's not like by the power of you know the hugs and kisses like and believing in everybody in unicorn farts like she's not gonna be evil because friendship or something like friendship is magic uh, you know Eris will be fine because friendship or something because friendship is magic yeah exactly friendship is magic so Eris will be fine by the power of friendship. I mean, no, I, it, I, that could solve anything. But I mean, that's what it it leads me to believe that like, oh, no, like she'll be fine this time. Like, I think that was this week's story. It's like she'll be fine this time. But it's the power of friendship. Like, what? 
I th- that's not how this works. The power of friendship it ain't gonna not make you hive. Like I, I agree. And it, the power it, of friendship does not make you not hive, Ikora, idiot. And it it, like, it almost seems like she's able to transition between the two different forms. Um, because like she keeps showing up as human heiress. Yeah. I think the way that they're gonna spin it is that she's gonna defeat Zivu. Right. As as much as it pains me to say, she's gonna be the one to defeat Zivu. And Well, they've set it up that way. Right. Again, like I said, it as much as it pains me to say that. Sorry, you don't get to do it with your like peregrine griefs or something. You can't knee her in the face and give her a bloody nose. I know. Sorry. Um, but I think what's gonna happen is that she's gonna end up going berserk after killing Zivu, and it's gonna be Drifter that brings her back. Oh, they fucking what? They're just saying hi to each other because smell my rat farts. That's just gonna bring you back. Cause, cause, like at this point, he is the strongest relationship that she has. Oh, they fucking look at them sparks. They're just, they're just talking to each other. I mean, whatever that relationship is. I mean, they don't fuck. I think it's just like a romantic relationship or they just like really like each other or they're just like really good friends. I I, th- I don't think they fuck, though. Oh, they fucking. Oh, they fuck. I think it's it's I don't think it's necessarily romantic, but I think it's like she is his best friend. Definitely. And he is her best friend. Like it's it's. It doesn't necessarily have to be romantic. It's probably I don't know. It's probably going to spin that way because you know storytelling. But boys and girls can be best friends and not fuck. It's true. Right. Yeah. All of my best friends are boys, except Sammy. And and especially with the fact that like he is still holding out for Orin. Oh my god, Orin's never coming back, Drifter. Give up. <laughs> Give up already. He is holding hope. Orin's gone. Orin's gone. Give up already. We've all given up on Orin. We've given up on Orin because Bungie forgot about Orin. So like I that's that's how I think it's gonna go down, is that Eris might go berserk, which leads into the dark future. Um, but it's going to be Drifter that brings her back. Ah, I see. Well, should we see what the last one says? Absolutely. Cool. Okay. This is Conviction. With Creative Liberties. Zivu Arath's claw wraps around a hiltless, slender, black 3.0 blade impaled into the spine of a prostrated knight, whose own sword clatters to the ground inches from its grip, defeated. She twists her blade, and the knight's roars echo within the dreadnought. Zivu's will soars through the ascendant plane and crosses the barrier between this world and the next to find communion with the witness. Within a distant hollow, they converse. They resist. 
the witnesses' many voices cascade over each other. Like wounded prey all tire in time. If they do not, Zivu Arath sees the hidden thrust of its question. She knows it doubts her, but does not understand why. No matter the outcome, they stand at the precipice of the final shape. The sword will decide and be forged stronger for it. It is beyond that now. She does not want to fall before the end. She is so close now. She saw her past failures as blood penance, paid for strength. Notches where blades and light met her carapace were legends given form. But it is not hers to decide, nor the witnesses. The logic is a perfect deterministic sequence of causality built into the experience of conscious existence. None can usurp it. Struggle within the finite is eternal. To deny the blade is heresy. Her sister's words played in her thoughts like fingertips plucking dissonant chords. The witness enters the solace of Zivu's mind, her inner throne, a salt-flat sliver extending eternally into darkness. Armaments of all fashions sleep, partially sheathed between the cracks of a battlefield where there is no place to run. And from its gaze, there is no place to run. They hold the worm and will pursue her knowledge. The words echo throughout the desolate realm. The final shape remains to be hewn that I may wield it glorious against the sky. Not as you are, weakened by defeat. The echoes slither over her mind, but find little purchase. <laughs> Meager victories of no consequence, blurred battles lost within my greater war. No victory is of no consequence. They scheme. War is fed regardless. The sky can grant no passage. The time will soon come to an end. Show her your love, Shiro. She is alone again, her blade buried in spent ash. Man, I made it. Fuck that end. Flawlessly. <laughs> that was some purple prose bullshit. Purple prose bullshit. <laughs> Man, the hive are just like, look at me go. I'm Shakespeare, but I also look like a bug. I'm bug Shakespeare. Like, guys, can you just... Yeah, bug spear. I'm bug spear. It's like the B movie, but we're fancy. Ugh. It's like Leviticus, but for bugs. Oh my god! Uh, like I'm still stuck on the the B movie comparison because <laughs> we got people calling Savathun mommy. We got people calling Zivu mommy. Like, yeah, it's it's the B movie. Mm-hmm. It's the B movie. Told Except you. Except the B wants to kill you. 
Yeah. I'm highly allergic to bees, so I'm there. It is the bee movie. It's the ant version of Hamlet. That's what Rindle says. Hamlet. Hamlet. I get it. That's funny. Anyway, um, I should say that we edited the very first part of it. Um, it's Black 3.0 Blade. It's not the black blade because only Anish Kapoor can use fan black. So, uh, Ziva Rath. So, fuck the hive. Ziva Rath does not have access to black. She can only use the open source Black 3.0. So, nope <laughs> for you, Zivu Wrath. All my homies hate uh, Anish Kapoor. Yeah. We had to change that to make it um, accurate. Yeah. To real life. So, sorry, Bungie. Yep. Everyone can use Black 3.0 except Anish Kapoor. He's not allowed to. Just because Rindle said he's going to censor it. What? It's so big. As long as you don't get the f in my ear. Oh my god. <laughs> god, stop getting your f all over my face. <laughs> Just all over your face. No, stop it. <laughs> It's so hard to clean up. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no. Um, How would you even clean it up? It looks like a black hole. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, anus <laughs> um <laughs> essentially what's going on here like cutting through all the purple pros Zivu's like communing with the witness and the witness is like telling her they're resisting. Yeah. And, and you know, what if they, you don't kill them? Like, you're showing that you're, you're starting to lose. Exactly. And Zivu is spouting sword logic, religious crap. Like it's she was talking about paid to win. She was paid to win. <laughs> That's what I read this as. Like she saw her past failures as blood penance paid for strength. Notches where blades and light met her carapace were legends given form. Yeah. That's pay to win, baby. Yeah. And the witnesses is, is just pointing out the logic here, you know, they hold the worm, they or they will pursue her knowledge. The final shape remains to be hewn. I mean, we have to remember the last week of this season. Yes. Was when we interrupted um the ritual. The ritual between Asa um and Zivu. Yep. Which was a cool little mission. 
It absolutely was. Um, I really enjoyed it. I did it with you. For those who don't quite know what we're talking about, um, there was an actual mission where we went on a deep dive and Zivu was currently like in the process of taking Asa. Like capital T taking, as in turning her into a taken. And it was our job to interrupt that. As it usually is. This entry comes after Zivu's failure. Yeah. So that that paints it a little more with like why the, the witness is so critical of her saying, you know, oh, but you keep losing. Because she lost in um, season of the Seraph, and I'm I'm looking at a tie as not winning, and then season of defiance. We don't quite know who was in charge there, but my money is on either Aramis or Zivu, because Callus was off on on Neomuna, and the only other generals in that army that we know of are Aramis and Zivu. And there, there's bound to be others, but like none that are as prolific. Right. I mean, the first we really saw of her was like when the Wrathborn really came around. Mm-hmm. Um, but we beat so many Wrathborn, but that was just feeding her at that point. Right. That she's just made this, like, perfect machine. Since that's just tithing to her every single time. Exactly. And and that's something that we'll be discussing this season as well. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm enjoying the, the concepts of what they're doing with Eris this season in relation to Zivu. Yeah. It's interesting that we're using, like using her tricks against her or embracing them, I guess. Well, uh, it's I like knowing this season stuff and then applying that to the past season because it makes reading this season. I guess we're like just moving into like, did you like the book? But um, it makes like reading this entry and just like this book in general or just like looking at the whole season of like it kind of shifts your perspective a little bit because now we know more about like the hive and we know more about sword logic and we know more about like how it works. Like we know the actual function of it. It gives it more context. It does. And I think Bungie didn't even know the context until this season. Honestly, I think they hadn't sat down and actually written it out. Like they knew vaguely like sword logic but I don't think they were like, okay, how does this actually fucking work? I could absolutely agree with that. Because I don't think they ever knew because it's changed over time, multiple times. Right. Through like different groups of writers, it's meant different things. Right. Like back in the Taken King era, like it, the sword logic was literally just extreme Darwinism. Yeah. You know, sur- survival of the fittest. It really was eat or be eaten. It wasn't this like whatever it is now. And I think the nuance there also revolves around the fact that it's a different sister. Right. It's a different one of the hive siblings. So their understanding of the logic is going to be different. 
I think also because this hive sister has like no problem with necromancy and the other one does and like I think understands like their siblings better and like the spirit of it and Sava thinks like no Oryx would not want this like Oryx knows like necromancy is a no-no Necro like she knows like what he would want like, I think, like, she loved her brother in a way. I mean, she would want to murder him, but I think she loved him. Oh, they they both do. Yeah. They both did. But and, and Zivu is a psychopath. And that's how they actually showed their love was, I mean, they, they talked about it. You know, they showed their love by killing each other. You know, sharpening them into a blade. Right. Because a sword logic. Yep. Anyway, do you like this book? Did you actually? I'm going to ask first. Did you like this season? Season of the Deep. I I did enjoy. It it wasn't one of my favorites, but it's it's definitely higher up on the list. Um, I enjoyed the backstory that they gave. It for witness for Asa the like the whole bit I just I enjoyed that and I enjoyed as far as gameplay goes the underwater portions of it like I had fun with those what about you I really liked this season because it felt really chill yeah it didn't feel like I had to do a ton of work to be able to get stuff like from a gameplay perspective i really liked the lore um i think the books were really good i really liked the lore that was on the armor um between Khan and sloan i thought that mm -hmm. was really well done i thought the weekly lore was really good um, I loved like how expressive all the characters were. I love how they had like Saladin interacting with Saint, interacting with the Drifter. Like they had all of these different characters fucking interacting together. Right. That like don't usually interact. But they were all in this season, just like mixing it up. And like we saw Saint like explode. And that was like the most emotion we've ever had from him oh yeah like we've ever had from him was in this season and because like with saint it was always either kind of goofy or stoic yeah and this was like this was like flipping tables angry he actually flipped a table the, the, yeah like especially that that first mission during the, season. the first mission, he lost his shit, but then like actually in the, the helm, he like flipped a table, I think. Something to that effect. Or banged a table or something. It was like the first or second time when they were talking like in the helm. But because we got all this in extra interaction between the characters, I felt like they actually like bringing more characters into the story actually makes it feel more lived in which I liked. It makes it feel like a, a full story rather than just individual episodes that have a thread carrying through them. It's better than like go to 
the like go to this table and pick up this card. Oh, now you have to go run a Savathun tower. Oh, now you have to go do a fucking strike. Now you have to go pick up 20 insight from doing fucking what? And now you have to talk to your hollow thingy. And now you have to like talk to Amaru. Like why? Why? Like, are we past that by now? Why are we not past that? Like it's been with this, it's been like four years that we've had this. We should be past it by now. Like, come on. I don't know. I keep saying like this current season is not for me because it is not for me. But last season just felt, I don't know. I just liked last season because I liked all the activities and I loved the secret mission and I love the last mission and Ghosts of the Deep is great. Um, it makes me have horrific seizures, but I really like it. I love the aesthetic. I love the armor. The weapons are great. Like, it's a good dungeon. It's just really long. I, I agree with you there, especially they could about cut out like half the water shit and it would be great. It would be a nice short dungeon. <laughs> just like no water parts. And, and see... For me, the long parts are the actual boss fights. Like, those usually are three phases at best. I mean, there have been times that that final boss fight, I've gotten like six or seven phases. And that's with a full team. But, yeah, so like, it's, it's, I agree with you. The aesthetic, I I enjoyed how relaxed the season was. Yeah. But it wasn't like season of the worthy levels of relaxed. Yeah, but it was good. I think it was like exactly the right amount. Yeah. And um, I think that team has like really kind of narrowed down like how much is a good amount. This team that's doing this season, not so much, but last season. Oh, yeah. Like, I think they've like nailed it on like the amount of work that you need to do like per episode per week. Like, right. Like it, it didn't feel like a grind for the sake of grind. No. And if you decide you don't want to do it every week, like it's not too much work to catch up. And I like that. And so you can enjoy the story and kind of like live in it. And I don't feel like I have to work my ass off and I'm not enjoying the story for what it is. And so I really liked it. Um, And like a lot of these stories that go along with it are really good. I really liked the one from last week um, with our best doggo friend, like Archie's story was really cute. Yeah. Like, that was really adorable. Like, I didn't know we were going to get an Archie story. I loved that. And, like, the very first entry we had last week was really nice. Between Zavala and Sloane. Absolutely. Like, it had these, like, little moments that you wouldn't usually get between Zavala and anybody. And it shows, like, he really cared for her. And so, like, these are important like they entries. Are. I think it's great. And especially with, with the Zavala interactions, because I mean, 
for years, people have been saying, you know, Zavala is a, a bad character and, you know, he just doesn't care and whatever else they've thrown at him. But it's like, no, he does care. It's just he has to put on a strong face. It's like the cost of being the leader and having that kind of mantle that you have to hold and wear is that you have to be the stoic one and you can't like show those feelings. Especially now that he alone, like there's Ikora too, but like he is the face of the governing body. Yeah. Like, I mean, the rest of the governing body fucked off to space or is dead. Yeah. Like, it, like, it's literally just him as the commander and Ikora. I mean, we need to remember that, like, the whole ass governing body was like the three factions, the speaker, and then the vanguard. Four of those people are gone. And then Kate is dead. So that's five. <laughs> that's five. Okay. Dead ass. There are two people left. <laughs> yep. Oh, well. Oops. Like, that's a whole lot of work for two people. Right. Because at this point, it's it's two people, but they're doing the work of eight. Yeah. And I, I know that there's plenty of people in, in real life that can actually relate to that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Seriously. Oh, geez. <laughs> my entire life. Um, I did kind of want to go back like super briefly to the one that you read, the fifth one. Okay. Like this is like the same topic, though, of like Zavala having that emotion mm -hmm. um, because he's having that like resentment towards the traveler like the way they've written him in this um he's like grumbling he's having these like these internal struggles but he's actually showing it to her right but just like with these little like microaggressions almost he's like he's microaggressing the traveler in this because <laughs> he's like grumbling he's like gripping the desk he's struggling he's doing all these little things and it's great no i like i i agree because like to all of humanity he has to be zavala the vanguard commander you know the the face of humanity but like with ikora he can actually let his guard down and express himself even if it's just grumbling. Yeah. And we don't, we're not privy to seeing that. No, we aren't. But Ikora is. Right. And I think that really shows like their relationship. It, it shows their relationship and it, it ultimately shows that just the importance of even just a small scene like that, because we never see Zavala doing anything like that. The closest we got was season of the haunted or the, the season before that, where we, we got the ship that um, showed that he was mourning his, uh, 
late wife. Right. Oh, God, his wife. That always makes me really sad thinking about his wife and child. Fuck. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the thing. Like, we've gotten these small glimpses at the man behind the title. And this entry is just full of it. So, like, I, I agree. There are there are parts of this book that I really enjoy for different reasons. As a whole. I think it's really good. Like, as a whole, I, I still don't like the way these lore books are, are done. Yeah, I don't either. Because you have to remember what happened each week. It doesn't help that there's no, there's nothing permanent in here at all that reminds you about what happened during the actual season. Like, there's nothing in this lore book that's like, this is what happened week five. What? The only part that actually does is specifically in this entry. And that's just because they reference, you know, well, what we learned about the, the witness's origins. Yeah. It, like, that is the only spe- specific bits that we get, typically. Right. Is whenever there's a, an actual, like, ink block cutscene, they usually reference it that week. It's so irritating. I wish there was something that's just, like, a sentence or two that said, like, this is what happened this week. Like, it would be so easy to put, like, a summary of what happened, but they would never do that. Yeah. So we're forced to, like, go into the recesses of our mind. If I went back and read, like, Season of the Chosen, like, that lore book, (laughs) I remember there was one week where Saladin kicked the Scion off the wall. Right. And that's all I remember. Right. And I think there was the time when Crow, like, saved Zavala. Yes. From them shooting his ghost. And that's where he, he, that's where he found out that Crow was Aldrin. And that was specifically a cutscene. Right. Like, the weeks that there are cutscenes, it, it makes it easier. Yeah, but, I mean, other than that. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think agree. the kicking the scion off the wall that was in the lore book. Correct. Yeah, but the cutscene was a cutscene. So I mean, like, what is what are they even doing? I couldn't tell you what we did during the week. I could not tell you what that season was. At this point, it was too long ago. I could tell you I really liked the bow that season. Oh, Tiku's. The sniper rifle was good too. Other than that, I have no idea. Tikus was really good. Oh my god, Tikus. <laughs> what up? Sets everything on fire. Um, yeah. So, uh, before we totally get sidetracked, shout outs? Um, I have a shout out uh, to um, this is uh kind of a weird shout out it's not a weird shout out so um sag aftra and the wga have been on strike for like nine weeks at this point um 
10 weeks at this point and they're still on strike. What up? Um, and that's really rough for a lot of people. Uh, I know a lot of people that are on strike right now and it's like people that you'd think it's like, Oh, these really famous people are on strike and it's not doing anything cause they make so much money. And it's like, no, this is people who are like background actors that don't make shit. It's about everybody else. It's everybody else. And it's like those people who are also on strike are like writers that don't make anything. Like if you're a writer, you are only paid for like the couple of months you're writing for a thing. And then you don't have a job anymore. Then you got to find a new writing gig. You're not writing for the thing forever. Unless it's like multiple seasons. It's only for a couple months and then you're done and then you're gone. That's not how television works anymore. <laughs> like, unless you're like doing a nighttime show or like a, a yearly show or something like you're not there forever. That's hilarious. Hilarious. But like people who work in television and film and stuff, it's mostly people like you and me who are super fucking poor. Like for me, who does voice acting, like if I get royalties, I get like 20 cent checks. My royalties cost less than like the checks that are like then it takes for them to print them out and mail them to me. Yep. Like the postage and the printing costs more. And that's funny. <laughs> so I'm like, thanks, Sony <laughs> idiots. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're not rindle says it's not worth the paper they're printed on that's correct it's not it's still funny um but uh the strikes are really important um they're eroding all of our income they're exploiting us with ai because they're just taking our jobs in the last contract that was handed to me uh, was in the contract that they're like, we're going to scrape your voice and there's nothing you can do about it. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to sign this. Goodbye. So, yeah. um, because they're like, we're just going to keep it and use it forever. And we're not going to tell you if we're going to use it or not. And you're not going to get any royalties from it. Cool. Neat. And that's in like a lot of contracts. It's not just the one that I had. It's in a bunch of them now cool so it's people also they're like the self-tape demands are super abusive now there's it's it's just it's the working class like sag after members like they're the ones that are in jeopardy it's not like the super rich people it's like the everyday people so that's why this is so important so uh, that's my shout out like I know strikes are super annoying because you're like, I don't like being inconvenienced by not having my shows. And I don't like that all my podcasts aren't talking about the thing. Because you're like, why are my Star Trek podcasts not talking about Star Trek? Why are my Star Wars podcasts not talking about Star Wars? It's because they don't want to scab. Because if it's a new thing, you're not supposed to talk about it. If it's a show that's striked. So that's why yep. um, if you want to help people out who are on strike right now, uh, you can help by going to entertainmentcommunity.org and you can make a donation. 
um, that is like a community organization for actors and um, tech workers and stuff in the industry. And that actually helps people who are on strike that need help with like rent and food and utilities, medical bills and stuff that they can't afford. So and that's been going on for a really long time. So that's their kind of service and programs. So if you have like a couple dollars that you want to chuck in their general direction, that'd be super great. And I would really appreciate it. So thank you. That's my shout out. And and just to put it in perspective for for people like I, I remember seeing uh, like actual image um, evidence of, of some royalty checks and they were like for Game of Thrones. Yeah. Ad, actors were getting like less than 10 bucks. A lot of them are like a lot of the companies have come forward that and they're like playing ball and they want to end the strike. And it's like one company is a holdout. And that's why it's not ended. And it's because the all of the production companies are under the AMTP, AMTPT mm -hmm. and um, AMPTP. And that's like Amazon, MGM, Apple, NBC, Universal, Disney, ABC, Fox, Netflix, Paramount, CBS, Sony, Warner Brothers. I think that's all of them. Um, but they all collectively have like, they're the American motion picture and television producers umbrella company. So all of them bargain through there. So all of the union people for SAG-AFTRA and WGA, um, SAG-AFTRA are the Screen Actors Guild people. And the WGA are the Writers Guild of America people. So, um, so all of them have to deal with the AMPTP people. And so that's the people that come together. That's how it works. But like of all those companies, most of them are like, yeah, we'll, we'll agree to your like 1% raise that you want because most of it is like streaming rights like you want money from streaming yeah it's just like the contracts just haven't been updated for the 21st century so that's why you're not getting any money anymore because it's not on television that's it like it's stupid but yeah people aren't making any money and the companies are making like a shit ton of money and they're like we don't want to give you any money and we're like, it's not actually going to cost you very much to actually pay us money. Please pay us money There's so we can pay our rent. Like to, to even to put it even even into more perspective, like there's there's one actress who actually posted what she gets quarterly for being in the movie Reservation Dogs mm. um, and for being a lead on Rutherford Falls. So for reservation dogs, each quarter she gets three cents from Walt Disney Pictures. And for being the lead of Rutherford Falls 
from Universal Cities Studios, she gets $33.15. So, like... Man, she's making bank. Right? $33? That's so much money. <laughs> like, Holy you shit. totally retire off of $33. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Especially in L.A. Jeez. Right. But anyway, so that's what's going on. So if you can help, um, the website is entertainmentcommunity.org. Um, any donation helps, honestly. Like, that would be super awesome. I would really appreciate it. Uh, it's just really shitty. And it's we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because everyone wants to act and do the things and make cool stuff. But we can't because we don't want AI to steal our shit and uh, they're stealing our bodies and they're stealing our faces and they're stealing our voices and uh, we can't have enough money to eat. So yeah, that's about it. It just boils down to corporate greed. It really does. So what's your shout out? <laughs> I'm going to yield my shout out like, that's that's oh. a good cause so like thank you i second it oh i appreciate it but um i will say that like they're not asking anybody to like not watch all your streaming stuff like please still support all the shows that you want to watch like support them and like talk about them and like share them on twitter that like you like the shows because like it shows the production companies that you still want to watch them yep. and stuff. That's important that they see that you want to watch them. Like they don't, you don't want it to fall off all of a sudden and have it not be picked up after the strike is over. Cause I like, I, it's important that they see. Cause I wouldn't put it past all those companies to say, Oh, well, you know, because you guys didn't, you know, come back before the strike or, or you didn't come yeah. back from the strike, you know, we're just canceling everything and it's going to be all brand new shows. Right, exactly. Um, but it's pretty, it, it's just, it's a sketchy situation. So, but yeah, so I mean, keep watching your shows and keep talking about them on social media. It's just, you know, to make a podcast or anything like that, um, it'd be considered scapping. So, nothing from us about that, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So. Um, yeah. This is the part of the episode we like to give special thanks. The audio for this episode was produced by Rindel Zivas. You can find him on Twitter at Rindel Zivas. And I, I suspect Blue Sky. Oh, yeah. Um, the artwork for this episode is courtesy of at Volshock B on Twitter. We're going to really have to redo all this now. I mean, I don't know if Volshock is on Blue Sky yet. I'll give him an invite. Uh, I, I can send it to him. Okay. Uh, the music in this episode is copyright Bungie. We're able to use it under the fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They're the resource we use to make our show notes. Thank you, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. I think he's on Blue Sky. And final reminders. You can find us on Twitter at Guardians underscore lore 
at Hey It's Orchid or at I underscore am underscore Elemist. You can find us on Blue Sky at Guardians of Lore, all one word, dot bsky dot social. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast. Uh, you could also jump into our Discord. It's discord.gg slash lorehub. But the invite is also in the episode description. My God, what are you doing? Sorry, I'm putting it all out of order. You can also find us at Instagram and threads at Guardians of Lore. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can visit ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Every little bit helps, and we greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Finger guns. There it is. There it is. Thank thank you so much, finger guns. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Say goodnight, Orchid. Good night, Orchid. <laughs> Take care. Otters. Can be frisky. Keep you. Oh, oh, yeah, they can. Oh, whoa. <laughs> you could also find our info on thelorenetwork.com alongside impressive. Are you sure you know how to do this? God, no. Not at all. Not one bit. Uh, This is the seasonal lore book for Season of the Deep. You can acquire each entry by playing the seasonal story quest every month. You can acquire each entry by playing the seasonal story quest every week. Or, you know, just binge it all at the end. We're not your parents. Do whatever (laughs) you want. And for the first half of the lore book, go back and listen to episode 176. God. I'm... I'm, You you doing okay there, buddy? I have no clue. (laughs) Do you want to restart that? Do you want to try again? let's... Okay, let's just go from the beginning. Good morning, good afternoon. <laughs> oh, God, no. God, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, brief intro to the topic. Because we have to make sure it's the open source black and not black, because Vans is copyrighted and no one can buy it except Anish Kapoor. Oh, fuck that guy then. Yeah, because he has ex- secured exclusive artistic rights to it, so it's a bag of asses. So we have to change the lore because no one can use it except Anish Kapoor. So we just have to make sure that the lore is accurate to Anish Kapoor. Since, you know, he's the only one that can use it. Zivu apparently can't. Yeah, no. Zivu is not Anish Kapoor, so. And all my homies hate Anish Kapoor. He can go off the. He can have a long walk off a short pier. If you know what I mean. With some really heavy shoes. Zivu laughs at the feeble human concept of copyrights. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, I'm gonna read this now. Now that we've fixed the lore. Or should I say, um, took liberties with it. And she can't be mad at me. The witness enters the solace of Zivu's mind, her inner throne, a salt flat sliver extending eternally into darkness. Armaments of all fashion sleep, partially sheathed between. What purple pro bullshit is this? I hate this. Armaments of all fashion sleep, partially sheathed within the crap between. Between? Uh, no, Rindal. Armaments of uh, no. God damn it. Try to read. Reading's hard. That time will soon come to an end. Show her your love. She wrote. What? How do you say that? How do you say that? What you, is? You got that? it right. Is it? Yeah. Am I amazing? Oh my God, guys, I'm so smart. Look at me go. I can read, I can read. I'm so good. I'm just gonna read the last sentence. Is it really Shiro? Yeah. Man, I'm so good. So, I'm just, so just make sure you leave the four off at the end. Shiro four. Okay. <laughs> I got it. You're so funny. God damn it. Yeah, but looks aren't everything. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. The time will come. <laughs> it's it's what? Stop. Huh? My phone decided it wanted to talk to me for some reason. <laughs> Shut up, phone. Shut up. Um, Sorry, I keep going.